soccer situation. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 20 of Soccer Situations. I'm Todd. And I'm Alex. Um, this week, we're going to check in with the mega managerial Mario go-round. There's been some updates. We're going to check in with Alex, representing all of Arsenal fans' mental health. <laughs> See where they're at right now. And we're going to... You know, I wasn't even planning on it, but since Liverpool just hit six past leads, we're probably going to talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. Why not? First, I want to start with a, a nice bit of drama, though. And that's Sadio Mane at Bayern Munich. Oh, I love it. Such a surprise saga Out of for character me. behavior coming out of Bayern Munich. You know, Liverpool fans, it's funny to think his legacy with Bayern fans is going to be so different. He's such a villain right? there, and he's such a saint to Liverpool fans. But yeah, it's been reported that... Bayern Munich have fined him 300,000-something. I think, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen 260,000 pounds. I've seen 300,000. I've seen 500,000 euros. I don't know what it really is, yeah, but yeah. a lot of money. I think it was confirmed that it was an unprecedented, quote, uh, fine. To rewind just a bit, sorry. If y'all don't know, there there was um, a disagreement between Leroy Sané and Sadio Mane during a Bayern Munich loss to Manchester City. Apparently, Sané didn't like a run that Mane made. When he got back to the locker room, Mane said he didn't like the way Sané talked about him, and yeah. he punched him in the face. <laughs> yeah, pretty intense reaction. Um, makes you really question what was actually said by Sané, mm-hmm. um, especially because Mane's never really done anything like this in the past. No, he's always seemed so mild-mannered. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem out of character. But they there has been this kind of vibe of him being an angry a malcontent at Bayern Munich interesting it's been interesting yeah. I wonder if he's just unhappy there in Germany it's like difficult. if he doesn't feel like he's settling yeah it's difficult for me and I probably any Liverpool fan to imagine um him being this salty around the team around the clubhouse yeah but uh who knows yeah sometimes car- players have that kind of character in them and you didn't realize it Maybe even players like Aubameyang. Aubameyang would have his moments at clubs where he was good. Right. And then he also had his moments in his career where he was a real dickhead. Sure. So, like, I don't know. Maybe Mane has that in him and we just didn't realize it. Yeah, I mean, people are complicated, that's for sure. Yeah. But still a funny story. The photos of Sané with his little swollen lip was pretty funny. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Landed a good one, it looks like. Yeah, he got him at least once pretty good, yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? Mane? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that is true. Where does he go from here? Obviously, his value is going to plummet a little bit. I don't think he's going to go to another top, top team. Does he even stay in Europe at all, or does he now go to... How old is he? 30-something. I could see him getting a move back to the Premier League, maybe. Yeah? Um, Or if he wants to ride off, maybe he goes the MLS route. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, if he goes cash grab and does Saudi Arabia or... Um, MLS. He is like uh he gives a ton of money, right, back to his home his hometown. Yeah, for sure. So um, like I guess you could see him maybe doing the cash grab just for that reason to be able to get as much money as he can in his career to send back home or to help his fan <laughs> like help people. Yeah. In my head it was so assumed that it was for charity that I I literally didn't even think to say it. That's, yeah, that, I know, right? Like I said, we think of him as a saint, honestly. But he is well known for building tons of infrastructure back in his hometown in Senegal. 
Um, and that was what I was implying when I said cash grab. Not that he was doing it for any kind of selfish himself, reason. Yeah. 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 But anyway, you know, I was daydreaming about, you know, I th- was it last episode I was talking about the possibility of Firmino going to L.A. as soon as I get there? Yeah, that Maybe would be we could an get ideal. F- Firmino and Mane reunion in L.A., dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Go the Liverpool has-been super team in L.A. just in time for Milner my arrival. Can, Milner can go out there, too. Oh, I would love it, dude. It's funny. I thought about Milner, too. But Milner's, like, so non-L.A. He's the least L.A. football. That's why it would be so time. great to see him in L.A. I mean... I say he's the least, but Stephen Gerrard is probably the second least, and he went. It's true. But remember how awkward it was when he was in L.A.? See, I think Milner would be cool in L.A., though. Yeah, he has a better sense of humor than Stevie. He'd be like a nerd, but he'd own it so hard that he'd be cool in L.A. I could actually see Milner slaying it in Los Angeles. Oh, big time, big time. I could see him pulling off a cool, like, older British dude vibe. Yeah. He'd probably start a really funny podcast, and we'd have to hate him because he'd be way better than us. Yeah, he'd crush us immediately. If he did, like, a Peter Crouch-style podcast, it, it would be phenomenal. I bet it would be so good. Yeah. You could tell he's a really intelligent dude, really, really good sense of humor, and um, he's obviously been around long enough to have a lot of stories. Right, you know? right. Yeah, another funny little story. Apparently, Todd Bowley went down to the Chelsea locker room after after the loss to Brighton, and Keppa says that this is a normal thing. You know, he's down there after every game, so it was totally normal for him to be there. Yeah. It's he's quoted as saying that um the position they're in is embarrassing. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, it's not, not exactly. They say, you know, he went down there to give an inspiring speech that doesn't sound super inspiring. No, it's not very inspiring. Um but I mean, he's also not wrong. Right. They are in an embarrassing state right now, but you could also point the finger at him for a lot of that as well. Yeah, we laughed at his purchasing as he was doing it. You know, it's not like we didn't see this mess coming. Yeah. Um, I don't think we thought it would be quite this big of a mess. No. This long, at least. No, because the, they spent so aggressively. They've spent to the point that you assume that the talent can just overwhelm the lack of strategy. Yeah, exactly. You know what you I mean? You assume that it would just come together enough yeah. for them to put some results together. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of a tipping point. But uh, it doesn't seem like they're they're at it yet. Yeah, they're not getting there, and it's not getting much better for them. <laughs> anyway, damn it. I have one more point to make on that subject, but I lost it. It's, <laughs> it's all good. That'll happen. This is why you always take notes. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, Chelsea are still a mess. And uh, I guess that's a good time to kind of take us to the manager merry-go-round update. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Chelsea are hastening their... Their their uh, search for a manager. Yeah, our wish that, of Lampard to have a sort of Ole like resurrection that he's, got him in the job permanently doesn't seem to be happening. I think he's over four, isn't he? At least over three, and maybe over three. Yeah, <laughs> probably soon to be over four though. <laughs> Pretty funny. Isn't their next game uh, Madrid? Oh yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the other point. I'm glad you brought that up. That yeah. Apparently, part of Bowley's um, dressing room speech was that he said they had the chance to make it right against Real Madrid. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> if he thinks they're going to take that chance to make it right, he's going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that coming. Super funny, right? Yeah. Didn't he say something about them winning 3-0, too, in the first leg? He thought they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thought they were going to win I thought 3-0. that was kind of funny because reporters were chasing him on the sidewalk on the yeah. way to his car. Oh, yeah. I and they were asking. I saw that video, And he was actually. like, we're going to win 3-0. And I respect that, to be honest. That's the right move. Just to say that shit. I mean, what else is he going to say at that point, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny. And of course, you know, it gets taken by all the European press as he's an ignorant American. Oh, when really, yeah. he was literally just blowing off the press, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, we can judge him on a lot of things, but that thing is just, yeah, clearly a blown out of proportion. Right. But um, funny. But anyway, on to um, manager updates for teams in the hunt. In this case, um, Tottenham and Chelsea both. So the first headline I read today was that uh, Chelsea had finally made face-to-face contact with Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, I saw um, that. But also they're apparently really seriously considering Luis Enrique, who has emerged as Tottenham's main target as well. Interesting. Right? He so, kind of came out on – I mean, I know it's always a big name floating out there, but it was kind of qui- – he's been quiet. He's been on the list since since Tottenham. Um why? Why can't I think of who they just fired? They've been going through a few of them. <laughs> Antonio Conte was the latest. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. he, uh, Luis Enrique was on the first list of candidates that I read from yeah. Tottenham. But he doesn't make a ton of sense. He's basically only managed Barcelona and Spain. Yeah. You know, which is not Tottenham. Does he want to take on a? Pro- is he the man to take on this kind of messy ass project? Either one of these projects, I can speak for both of them. Yeah. No. Know? Obviously. Yeah. Chelsea, maybe you can relate a little bit more to Spain or Barca because at least they have an embarrassment of talent. Maybe yeah, he have an embarrassment of riches. Somehow. Yeah. He could definitely organize an offense in that team at least. Yeah, it'd definitely be a better fit at right. Chelsea, you could right. say, than, than Tottenham. But he's still going to have a squad to build, and I don't know if he has uh, how much what kind of pedigree he has. he has in doing that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. It's it's a strange one for him to emerge as strong contenders for, for both of those. Yeah, for both positions. Considering everybody that's on the market. I wonder, it makes me wonder if maybe quietly a few people have already ruled out the jobs. Yeah, you, you, could, you can imagine. A few people have already said no, no thank you. Right? I mean, you could easily see people saying no thank you to the, both those projects. Yeah, you know, like, now nah, I'm going to let that scene settle down a little bit. Maybe yeah. I'll call you in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, in in theory, the you know they have the clubs have money and some infrastructure in place. Um, Tottenham obviously has all new facilities, so like that's attractive, I guess. Yeah, but you can't look past the ownership for the last you know decade plus, right? Of what they've done, which is just a mess. Yeah, sheer mediocrity. Yeah, you know, they've kind of postured like they want to take the next step. And they've never done it. They've never made. They've spent like they wanted to take the next step, and they never, they never got it right. Right, and now you have teams like Brighton. I don't. It's too early to say leapfrogging them. Yeah, because Tottenham are still up there right now. But boy, they're showing that it can be done um, quickly and with a lot more. I don't know nimbleness. Is that a word? Than Tottenham have done done it with. Yeah, Tottenham have taken twenty years to like slowly evolve into this point. You know. And there's a lot of teams that are taking their newfound TV money and putting it to really, really smart use right away. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, with Brighton, I really, it's one of those things where I'm going to be sad to see that team kind of get picked apart in the summer. Mm -hmm. But they've been shown that they can just find new talent from anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how that project evolves. But yeah, like you said, they're so far, seem so much further along in the project or based on the amount of time versus where Tottenham have been for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you want to talk about Arsenal? <sighs> I guess we could talk about Arsenal. You're going to talk about West Ham 2, Arsenal 2? As this thing as this, as this thing says, West Ham salvage a draw. 
<laughs> two, after being 2 nil down. Yeah, Arsenal stormed right out of the gates. In the first few minutes, I was expecting a 5 or 6 no mauling. In the first 10 minutes, we, we scored twice in the first 10 minutes. And it was champagne football. In, yeah, both goals are beautiful. Passes just clicking. Everything seemed like it was just flowing. It was going to be so easy. Yeah. And then... It just fell apart. What minute did they get that penalty in? The 33rd minute. 33rd minute. And that pretty much derailed that game, didn't it? Completely, yeah. It was just a a bit of a, a loose play by Partey trying to come out from the back. He tried to flick it past Declan Rice, and he, Declan Rice, got the ball, won the ball, passed him, and it was just like a quick break, and they scored, or, or they and they uh, got the penalty, um, which was, it was a... I mean, it was one of those penalties that's frustrating as an Arsenal fan. Obviously, it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, just frustrating because you could see the player going down before <laughs> the contact was made. Yeah, we looked. There was a freeze frame where he's throwing his arms up in the air like he's on a roller coaster. Before and the, contact the contact is still been... about 12 inches away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is always a frustrating one. <laughs> um, and the fact that Gabriel clearly tried to pull out of it. Right. Um, but yeah. just wasn't able to stop his momentum. But yeah, once the contact was made, it's never going to be overturned. Yeah, and then unfortunately, the team just didn't react the way we you would hope they would. Right. Um, I mean, they got to halftime. I feel like West Ham had some chances before before the end of half too. Yeah. Um, and we got to halftime, and I thought for sure, like, all right, they're just gonna regroup, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. It'll be they'll be dominant again to start the second half, and it just never came. The right. dom- dominance never came. And, and it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I remember you being frustrated about Mikel's lack of changes or the timing of his changes. Yeah, I, it was, um, I think I've heard a, a lot of opinions about it since the match. People obviously have been talking about it like crazy on the internet, but yeah, I was pretty frustrated with the, with the lack of changes. Um, in the last two matches, I think we could have used changes a little earlier than we saw them. Um, and I understand the loyalty to players like Odegaard and Saka and Martinelli. They've gotten us this far. They've shown they can do it. Right. But when the, the game was going the way it was going and West Ham was West Ham was getting chances and we weren't really building anything with our momentum. We had possession, but we weren't able to get anything going. And it was just frustrating to see. I think we could have used some of those changes much quicker, especially Trossard. I would love to see Trossard get more time. But... Yeah, I mean, obviously, that Bowen goal was a frustrating one. It's a pretty simple ball back in over the top um, for the, his goal. Yeah, and it just seemed like the team was just disheartened. But they kept, I mean, we kept trying, but there was just no cohesiveness, it seemed like. Right. Well, I mean, I guess we don't even really need to talk about the game that much more. It kind of just petered out, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was just Arsenal trying to scrap, but um, scrap so, home a goal. So let's put you in like soccer therapy then (laughs) you know of course everyone's immediately the conversation becomes is this team too young do they have the mentality to hold on in the final stretch and so where are you at both like as a fan yourself (laughs) does where you think the team is kind of you don't have to go with squad by squad or player by player but and then Mikel himself you know if you thought he felt a little paralyzed and making changes there where do you think everyone's at in terms of getting through the home stretch? Yeah, I mean, well, we can't forget to mention just briefly, uh, Saka obviously missed a penalty in the game. Oh, right, um, right. 
So that's obviously a huge blow, too, because we had the chance to go up 3-1. Mm-hmm. And then that penalty miss was a pretty pretty brutal turn for them to go down and score moments later right. um, to tie it. But, yeah, I mean, the team, I think myself, I mean, it was a de- it was a pretty devastating blow um, to the, the momentum I felt like we had going. Um, even after Liverpool, like Liverpool was frustrating the way because only because it happened in the last couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but against Liverpool, you can kind of write that off and just say whatever. A point at Anfield is fine. Sure. In a title winning season, a point at Anfield will do. Right. Um, it's a cliche, but stuff can happen there. Yeah, exactly. So this one obviously is a little more frustrating because it felt like it was in our hands to finish it. Right. And it was. This is the first time in a long time we've seen the team kind of look like this where they just didn't seem to quite have an idea of what to do next. Mm -hmm. Usually they're just able to turn it back on again. Um, So that's a little concerning, but um, I don't think there's any reason to panic for Arsenal fans yet. Um, Obviously a lot rides on the city game now. Um, Oh yeah. The season yeah. rides on that game. Let's not downplay it, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it does and it doesn't because I mean we both have to play Brighton still. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, we t- we talked to, we and we have to that. play Chelsea still. Yeah, well, I mean Chelsea are a shit show, but you know, gimme, I'm Alex. not. I'm not. Yeah, right now nothing seems like a gimme anymore. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, all you can say, you know, knock on wood. I hope uh, Southampton can be our confidence booster before going into play city because we could it seems like we could use a bit of a boost it's so funny how optimism shifts you were on a seven game winning streak and then you had two draws and now you're like oh god it seems like seems like nothing's, we're doom and nothing's a gimme meanwhile liverpool were winless in five and we just smashed a relegation team and i'm like what are you talking about man it's all good everything's fine we're everything's good you're gonna turn it on it's fine <laughs> yeah no honestly <laughs> like even throughout the most of that uh west ham game it didn't feel real because I've always had the confidence that we were going to get it done and get the goal. We'll find the goal somehow. Sure. And it was kind of weird, a weird emotion at the end of the game because it was like, wow, we didn't we didn't do it. We've been doing it every single time. We didn't do it. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, when Liverpool are really pushing for a goal, you know, they need a goal late in the game, I usually start to get really nervous um, in about the 70th minute. Yeah. You know, that's where it's like yeah, 20 time minutes left. Ticking. But yeah, I was so confident in that Arsenal team too that I think it was until about like the 82nd minute that yeah, I, I started like, oh. to sit up on the couch and be like, all right, guys, now stop joking around here. Yeah, I mean, you, you have know? to get a goal here. Yeah, let's get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I trust, I, I trust Mikel. I think this is obviously a huge early test for him. So we'll see how how he bounces back, but I feel like this team has had had some ups and downs. They are young, obviously, but there's there you know there's they've signed two Premier League champions for a reason, so they can have some experience in the locker room of winning something and yeah how 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 to get it done and how to get through these rough patches and we just gotta hope that that whole formula comes together and works. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of games left. City could still drop points. It's not like City are invincible. Leicester showed that. Leicester should have had a draw with City at least in that game. Thousand percent this weekend. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's far from over. Um, but yeah, it's a big mental test for them. It's intense. I think like this is the most intense season in, in a long time. Yeah, the title race is always intense, man. Yeah. When we won it, I feel like at one point we were up by fifteen, and I still wasn't ready to. Write that. Write it off. You know, yeah. To just yeah. take it for granted. Yeah. 
It's also funny how I'm looking back at the stats of this game now, and we had 72% possession. Oh, yeah. It did not feel like that in my mind, though. That's so I funny. feel like we played so poorly that I feel like we didn't have that much possession. But, like, the stats say otherwise. Yeah, I don't remember y'all playing particularly poorly. You just couldn't break them down. Yeah. Yeah, there was no cutting edge. You know? A lot of misplaced passes in the, the, the last pass. Yeah, we don't have to talk about Arsenal anymore, though. <laughs> we'll talk more about Arsenal later in this week. All right, well, you know it's probably even more stressful than a title fight is a, a relegation battle. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's be vultures today and feast on, uh, on the week. Yes. And finally go through our ultimate relegation candidate shopping guide, I think. Yeah. Um, we've been talking for a few weeks now about how this relegation battle is a special one because it goes all the way up to mid-table till yeah. about 12th or 13th place at this point. Yeah. Um, I started my list with Bournemouth, I think, in 13th place. I don't know what teams you all Bournemouth include. is a mine, too, yeah. So Bournemouth's 14th. Oh, 14th place. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, below Wolves. That's yep. right. Wolves, I counted out. My um, logic for the cutoff was there's about eight games left, seven, mm-hmm. eight games. I think any of these teams can get two wins, at least. And pull so, themselves out of it. And so I kind of was looking at those that are six points out of the out of the zone right that's now. That's fair. That yep. was my cutoff point. Yeah. Yep. No, that's totally fair. Not that it needs to be mathematical because we're just talking shit about who we want to buy from these failing clubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, anyway, so let's start with Bournemouth. For me, the highlights were the forwards, and I wanted to ask you, so he's already been at Liverpool. Has Dominic Solanke made any kind of impression on you? Is he going to move to a Premier League team, or is he just going to go down and crush the championship, which he has yeah, done before? I mean, I you can see him going down and crushing it and trying to bring them back up. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like he's shown a bit more this year. Maybe he can get a Premier League move and stay the only, at like a mid-table club. The re- only reason I ask is purely recency bias. I just feel like the last few weeks where Bournemouth have gotten a few wins, I feel like I remember us saying Solanke's name a lot while we're watching the games. Yeah, he, you know, he has seemed involved. like he's been very involved in all of their build-up play. Right? Yeah, he does seem very involved. Him and Billing. Yeah, Billing is the other one on my list as well. Um, they just signed him this year. He's Norwegian, right? Maybe, maybe, um, he, maybe Danish. I think he's Danish. Danish? Yeah, he is. He's Danish. I he confused me at first because from the wide angle, he looks very much like Dominic Solanke. They have like the same hair and facial hair, right? And he's a midfielder, <laughs> but he plays in the pocket right behind Solanke, so they overlap they all, the all the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's very. They have the same physical profile. He's, um, yeah, I I see him moving on as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Seems like a good player. Yeah, those two linking up together seem seem like definitely a dangerous combo for Bournemouth. Right, and something that's kept them even just a little clear of the zone right now. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, your eye on anybody else at Bournemouth? Uh, you know, Bournemouth is a team I wasn't too certain. Those two, obviously. But other than that, no. I didn't really have a ton of people from them, All other right. than those two we've mentioned already. On to West Ham. Um, you could, I don't know about Fabianski. Keepers tend to be loyal, I feel like. They don't get moves. He's definitely Premier League quality. Yeah, Fabianski's had a great career, since, especially since leaving Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he seems like a still solid, a solid keeper, like a Premier League level keeper. Right. I'm sure if West Ham go down, obviously they would love to have him in the championship for um, sure to come back up. Right. Um, <laughs> I glanced at their defense, and it was just a hard pass on all of their defenders. For yeah. Me. Like yeah. no thanks. Um, their midfield is where it starts to get interesting. Yep. Obviously, Declan Rice is gonna go, whether they stay up or go down. Yeah, Rice has already been guaranteed he's, to move. He's not necessarily gonna be a cut rate player. He's gonna be no. A huge, he's gonna be expensive still. Yeah. 
Um, especially if they do go down, he's going to be such an important source of funding for them. Yeah, huge. Outside of Declan Rice, I noted Pablo Fornals, Manuel Lanzini, Lucas Paqueta. Um, they, they're they all interesting squad players, you know? I don't know if they're, you know, champion, if you're going to be pushing for a title with those players. Yeah. But for, for some of those teams coming up, maybe, or um, or like mid-table teams. Yeah, they're players like Paquetta and Lanzini that I, I wouldn't mind seeing if they can step up a notch if yeah. they're playing in a better team, you know? It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, in attack at West Ham, Danny Ings, Mikel Antonio, I think they'll probably find teams, although I feel like it's maybe time for Danny Ings to drop down to the championship. Yeah, Ings, is, I think, kind of had his run Yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah. Maybe Antonio, too. I feel like he definitely can find a team because attackers are just in demand. Yeah. But, I mean, he's been a... He's not very productive. He's been a pretty mid-forward for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't been very productive in a long time. He'll have his, like, flashes each season Yeah, where he gets a handful of goals. Maybe time for West Ham to cash in there. Yeah, yeah, if they could, yeah it'd be a good move for him to sell him. Yeah, so for me, the only real attacker of interest at West Ham is Jared Bowen. Yeah, I had Bowen and Rice down. I don't really know a ton about Paqueta, but he seems interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to act like I have a, a, a you know, really solid analytical grasp of his game. Yeah. But I like watching him play. And, again, he seems involved in a lot of good attacking play. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jared Bowen, Liverpool were linked really heavily with him last summer. We were trying to get in on him before he got some hype, and we missed that window, so we didn't end up signing him. Um, but... He'll definitely get a move, I think. Oh, yeah. He's not going down with the ship. No, he'll definitely move on. He's not going to go play in the championship at this point. Right. It's too good. Um, that brings us on to Leeds, Leeds United, who I just watched get stuffed for six by Liverpool. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great advertisement for any of these players, I got to say. No. <laughs> no, not really. But um, it's funny. The one I had on my list, Pascal Stroik, Stroik uh, D- young Dutch defender. He's like oh, 23. Yeah. He had a fucking howler today for sure. Uh, nightmare of a game. But uh, yeah. I do, he has struck me as a decent defender in the past. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, in a game like that, it's, you know, it can happen to anyone, especially right. if you're a young defender against Liverpool. Yeah, there was so much space in that midfield. Liverpool were counterattacking with so much space. I don't know what the center backs could do by the time they were in the final third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't stand much of a chance in it that game. It was pretty, pretty brutal. I also had my eye on Jack Harrison. Again, a player I don't have a huge impression of. Yeah. But super mobile, seems like box-to-box midfielder. Right now, I think he's showing four goals and six assists in 29 appearances. So, like, 10 goal involvements in 30 appearances. And it's, it's not bad. Again, yeah, no, it's another solid midfield player. The energy, like, that Leeds team, I always think of that team. I just think of, like, the energy that those midfielders put in. Right. Um, Which is always, like, an admirable thing and a desirable thing. Um, So I have... Tyler Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. He was gonna get in mine too. I don't know why I skipped him. Um, I have him, him and Aronson, both the two American kids. Mm-hmm. I think they're both gonna get a move somewhere in the Premier League. Both young players still, both and like I think they they're they've shown enough this season. Even though Leeds is down where they're at, sure. That I think they'll get a move. Is there an American-owned championship team that's coming up that can buy them? Who, yeah, I don't know who's coming up. If I don't know who owns the teams. So far, up. it's looking like Burnley and Sheffield. So uh, Burnley, yeah, I don't know yeah. who else. We'll have to look at it, do some research, find um, a nice, comfy American home for these boys. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure Weston McKenney is going to get a move. Right. 
even though he just came in. I'm sure he's going to go back out. At Leeds, it gets a little more interesting up front. They've got uh, Sinistera, Bamford, and uh, Wilford Noto. Um, yeah, Nyoto, I think. Like Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Um, <laughs> anyway, Sinistera scored a nice goal against Liverpool today. Bamford yeah. is a pretty tidy little poacher for a mid-table team to have around. And Noto seems like he could be a really great prospect winger. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think a lot of teams teams that are going to be keeping their eye on him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a you know a, a Tottenham or a, um, hopefully like a Brighton maybe or something could could uh, scoop him up, snatch him up. He might be too expensive for Brighton already. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much interest there is. Um, it seems like I mean I've seen him linked with big clubs already, like Chelsea and, and Liverpool and an Arsenal and yeah, you know all the big names thrown around, obviously, but um. I could see. I think more likely we'll see him land somewhere like Everton. I mean, I guess Everton might be going down too, but uh, <laughs> but like that kind of club, you know, like, sure. I mean, like Tottenham, Brentford, maybe. I would say Liverpool, but we're just too loaded up front right yeah, now. Yeah, no room for him there. Yeah, otherwise, I I do not think we're too good for him at all. I think I like the look of him a lot. Do you have any other Leeds United players on your list? I didn't have anyone else from Leeds. Okay. Let's go on to Everton. Everton. I made the joke that Everton Everton was the only relegation contender that didn't have anybody worth talking about, (laughs) which I am still amused by. But um, in truth, Amadou Onana has been looking pretty good. I was going to say, Onana is the one I definitely have 100% for sure. He just came in this year. He hasn't gotten the Everton taint on him yet. Yeah, and I think... uh, yeah, I think he's shown that he's a good no, a good player, and I think everyone knows that he's just kind of surrounded by a shit show right now. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think he'll he's hundred percent going to get a move out he, of there. He is on a long term deal on a five year deal, I think. Okay. So he's, I mean, he's not going to be cheap. Yeah. 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 That's not going to be a budget deal, I guess. Alex Awobi had a good season too. Yeah, those are the two literally. He'll for, shift on, I think, somewhere. It'll be interesting to see. Again, like I think it's funny he was like a midfielder in the first half of the season was really well. They played really well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see his next step in his career. Yeah, for sure. What he evolves into. What do you think about Jordan Pickford? So he just signed a new deal this year. You know, we both hate him yeah. more than anything. And I don't think he's a great keeper either, personality aside. But um, he did just sign a new deal that goes through 2027. Um, and again, you, you see a lot of more keepers be loyal and kind of stay with their teams. Yeah. But also, he's not going to be England's number one if he goes down. No, if he goes down to the championship, there's no way. He'll lose that spot. So does he force a move? I think he has to. Yeah? Yeah, I think he has to. If he thinks he's going to still hold on to the England spot, I think, and I know he's going to want to, so right. he'll have to force a move. Yeah. Um, for Everton forwards, it's it's a laughing stock. Fucking Neil Mope, Dominic yeah, Calvert-Lewin, who was a good finisher for a little bit there, but I literally think he's played 12 games over the last two seasons. He's yeah, we were, Arsenal were heavily linked with him for a long time. Yeah, he looked hot for a minute. Um, Andres Townsend is getting up there. Um, he has enough of a reputation, and I could see him winding up at whichever one of these relegation candidates stays up. Stays up, yeah, you know, exactly. If Forrest survives by the skin of their teeth, see Townsend moving over there. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Damari Gray, I think, is probably the only Everton forward of any real interest to anybody. Yeah, Damari Gray has always been an interesting player. He's another one of those players that's like seems flashy, and I think the end product has never really seemed to be there. Yeah, my question is, do I only think he looks decent because I've just been watching him at Everton and I'm comparing him to everybody else in that team? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's got energy and a little bit of you know technique. I don't know. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he can be dangerous. I've seen him 
like threaten defense on a consistent basis throughout a game and but then he doesn't really seem to get a lot of goals. Right. So That's true. <laughs> that takes us to Nottingham Forest, and this is where I kind of threw a tantrum and stopped doing research because Nottingham Forest have the most insane squad ever. Dude, there's too many players. I did the same thing. I picked out, like, two players, and then I was like, <laughs> no, dude, this is, what is this? You might remember us talking about this, like, back to soccer situations episode one. I feel like this is one of the first things we ever talked about. Forrest, at the time we were saying they had signed 19, they ended up signing 22 players last summer. 22 players. Com- two complete starting 11s on top of the full complete squad they had that got them promoted to begin with. Yeah, they built just like a fully NFL sized squad. It's absolutely insane. The same kind of stuff that's contributing to the chaos at Chelsea right now. Yep. Yeah. You know? They already fired the director of football that that did that that made all those signings, and they have since fired the director of football that they brought in to clean that mess up. Uh, so it's not looking great for the sort of tactical infrastructure forest recruitment not at all but the fact remains they have to unload a ton of these players even if they do survive if they go down this is a nightmare for them right i feel like this is the kind of stuff that kills a club if with the way this this wage book has to look yeah i don't know the lengths of all these contracts but that is the most bloated squad i've ever seen like unless they somehow convinced all these players to have relegation release clauses or something right um holy shit um, who did you pull out of the list anyway? So I pulled Danilo out because Arsenal were linked with him already heavily before he Forrest okay. came and swooped him up. Okay. He's a young Brazilian midfielder, plays more defensive midfield. Like he's a solid midfielder from Brazil. I could see him getting a move. I could see Arsenal if they can get a budget deal on him now. Yeah. And he's already gotten all the paperwork done to play in England. Yeah, you think it's they'll kind, go for it? I think it could be a good deal for them. That's cool. Um the other one was Kaylor Navas. Yeah, Kaylor Navas. He's going to get a move somewhere for sure. Yeah, everyone was surprised he signed there to begin with. Yeah. Um, The rest of these guys, like you said, I feel like there's probably talent in here. But there's so many guys that I don't even know if I've seen play. Right. So I can't really say. Yeah, it's it's true. Their squad is just too big. You're like, wait, who is this guy? Who is that guy? I literally, like a lot of these guys, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen them play. It's wild. All righty. Um, Leicester City. Yeah, let's talk Leicester. Uh, obviously, this is probably the biggest surprise in terms of relegation candidates. Yeah, honestly, a club that seemingly had it together pretty well um, and had a plan and had a good squad. Recently and, won an FA Cup. Were recently very regularly in European competition. Yeah, kind of a shocking fall off for this team. They really plummeted, man. And with that being said, there's still... A lot of talent. So much. This, this is team. this is the gold mine of the relegation candidates. I feel like it, right? James Madison, Soyuncu, Tielemans, Ianacho, Pat Sendaka. Indeedy. Indeed. The list goes on, yeah. Um uh, yeah. I mean Tielemans, I think, is out of contract, so he's hundred percent moving anyway. Oh he is? Okay, I didn't even realize. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so he's moving. Madison will definitely move, especially if they go down. Mm-hmm. Um Ianacho will definitely find a team. He's he's Ianacho. I feel like man. I feel like he could be so good. Yeah, I feel he, like he needs to find the right spot. I, that's what I wonder. I think he might have like Danny Welbeck syndrome, where yeah. he's just always on the verge of being the right, the real deal. He's twenty six. He's twenty six, so he's like older, but he's not not yeah. completely out of it. And he's I only mean, got four goals this year. Yeah, he hasn't been great in a that's long tough. time. 
Maybe he just looks like a good player and he's just tricking us, man. It's It could be one of those. That does happen. It does every now and then. Even the most brilliant analysts like me get tricked sometimes. <laughs> what about Jamie Vardy? Does he stay? Yeah, I think Jamie stays. He goes down. He's not getting a move anywhere, though. He plays fucking alcoholic championship striker hero. Yeah, he's past it. He's past it. He's not getting a move. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of gold in that Leicester squad. So the question, I mean, honestly, bigger question, what happens to Leicester when they go down? Do they go, go back up? Or, you know, was that really the magic of the owner that, that passed away in that helicopter? So tragically. Yeah. You don't know Leicester City's owner died super tragically in a helicopter accident. He used to kind of famously come into the stadium and exit via helicopter in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, amazing. What um, a guy. Sadly... One game, it took off, got out to the parking lot, and crashed yeah. and, and killed him. Probably one of the most beloved owners in football. Yeah, truly a tragedy. Um. Anyway, um, the club's been in decline since then. And so, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. Like, I guess I don't know enough about the infrastructure at the club to see know how much has changed since then. But something's clearly not right there. There's some kind of weird... Weird energy at the at the place that's throwing everything off. Sure. Before we go all doom and gloom, I guess maybe we should talk about how they almost came back against Manchester City. That's just it. They, they looked, looked really great. good. And is Dean Smith the guy? Maybe he can save them. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is none of these clubs are completely out of this yet. True. Yeah. Maybe maybe he can save them. Maybe Dean Smith's got the the magic touch to get these players clicking again. I said when I saw him, I was like, he's the perfect manager for Leicester. You did. You did. He fits. And we remember his Aston Villa being super fun. Yeah. You know, they were killing it. Yeah. And this is the type of team where those players that we're talking about, that's how they want to play. Yep. And they're going to be more willing to play like that, even though they're down in 19th. So we'll see. I'm kind of pulling for Leicester. I would not mind them getting out of this. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like, the, there's plenty of other teams I'd prefer to go down than them. Right. They've been fun. They've been a joy to have around. Yeah, for sure. Even though, you know, they probably snatched Arsenal's last possible title yeah, out, they, out from their grasp. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, that's own, Arsenal's own fault for that one. That should have been their title. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That was the year all the other, like, mega teams just kind of parted ways. Yep. <laughs> that was the year that there was the only – I had, like, maybe a week of hope. I think we beat City that mm-hmm. year. And it was a huge deal. And then, like, we just stumbled after that, and it, Lester just pulled away. It's a bummer. Yeah, it I mean, was a huge it, bummer. It, at least it, it did result in one of the great Premier League stories of all time. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing is at least silver lining is Lester won the title, and that's pretty amazing. One of my favorite storylines from that year was there was the Lester fan that had bet on it, like 50 pounds or something. Yeah, it's like kind of like a just joke. Yeah, like, and I, he bet on it at 1 to 5,000 odds. <laughs> Our dad was calling. Oh, it's all good. And um, as the season went on, the bookies kept offering him bigger and bigger buyouts. They were freaking out. I forget what his end total buyout. I want to say it was going to be like seventy million or something. Yeah, his yeah. end payout. Yeah. And I think he held out and got it. I oh, I man. hope he did. I can't remember. I don't want to look it up. I'm going to be afraid that he took it like a couple of weeks before the end because that would be tragic. Yeah. But anyway, it was a funny story. Yeah, I mean, that's so crazy. That's a crazy bet. That'll, like, end the bookies' uh, existence. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, the bookies did not like Lester's title win. Yeah, they nope. They did not enjoy that at all. Yeah, any kind of joke bet that a Lester fan threw out there was <laughs> was deadly to them. Right. Um, well, anyway, 
Um, that takes us to rock bottom Southampton. Southampton. Let's continue this relegation shopping spree. The big name is obviously James Ward-Prowse. Is that fair to say? I think so. Um, again, this is another one of those teams that I don't know if I've watched a ton of their stuff, and I see some names on here where I'm like, maybe they're decent, maybe they're not. <laughs> um, well, none of them are are having great years. That's but I, I do yeah. think there's talent in the squad, though. Like Suleimana. Suleimana always makes a good impression on me. Um, is Lafia on loan from City? I think or is he just a... No. Wait. I can't tell if he's on loan or not. He's one, too, that's like a young midfielder, Belgian midfielder, that might be decent. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the Southampton squad, and I'm like, huh, maybe I do see why they're rock bottom. Yeah, right? For some reason, I thought there were more gems to be dug out of here than I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, I was looking at them earlier too, and I I was like, oof, this is. I think they have a harsh. lot of players. Speaking of Theo Walcott, they yeah. have a lot of players capable of pulling out a highlight reel that goes completely against their usual skill set. Yeah, yeah. That you know will pull and like make a leave an impression on you. So you're like, oh yeah, that player's kind of good, but they're actually not. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, fuck this Southampton team. The one thing I'll see is I'll say is that like a lot of these players I'm clicking on the the players are seem to be young. It does seem like a young team. There's a lot of old guys mixed in there, but okay. it seems like there's a lot of young kids on this team. All right, well they can go down and learn in the championship. Then. Yeah, yeah, maybe this team will stay together a little bit. My South Coast heart belongs to Brighton now. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and also it's always belonged to Pompey anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. We're we're holding out. <laughs> Looking out to the horizon, like waiting for holding a locket against our chest, waiting for Portsmouth to come back. Waiting for Portsmouth to return. With a sick kit. They got to go back to that um, Brighton rugby kit sponsorship. Yeah. Brighton will hold me over until then, though. Yeah, Brighton's way sicker than Portsmouth ever was. (laughs) It's true. They're awesome. They're super awesome. So fun to watch. Um, Should we transition to talk a little bit about this coming weekend, or should we wrap it up? What do you think? You know, we were just talking about how how nasty that Southampton team is. What a perfect opportunity for ever or for Arsenal to turn it around, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It's like this has to be the confidence booster going into City. Yeah, do you think you can put six past them? I think they should be able to put six past them. I want I want like. I want to see a thrashing, honestly. Yeah, hitting relegation candidates for thrashings is all the rage right now. First of all, we all jokes aside, we need a thrashing. We need to make up goal difference. Yeah. If you're Mikel Arteta, I think that's how you're you're forming this whole thing this week. Is like, this is your opportunity. Like, uh, we're at home against a team like rock bottom team. You have to put like put things right against Southampton, and like, I think they will. Hopefully, that some hard lessons were learned in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, that that we're not going to be able to just lay off teams after after putting on a show for the first few minutes. So yeah, I think I think this will be a, hopefully a good good weekend for Arsenal. But <laughs> yeah, I hope so too, Alex. Um, it's funny. I'm actually looking at the win probability probability, and guess what? Southampton's is what six percent. Six percent. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. But. Yeah, we'll see. Arsenal's got to take care of business. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is definitely the storyline to follow now. I think we're going to focus more and more on this as the season wraps up. Title race is getting tight. Obviously, we've really loved this um, expansive relegation battle this season. It's starting to tidy up a little bit. Yeah, I think we'll be done talking about it fairly soon. Like The teams are going to start to shake out. Depending on which way results go, the next two or three windows, I think we could see a pretty clear picture of relegation this year. Shortly, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think this title race is literally going to probably go down to the last day. Go down to the wire. I don't know if we've mentioned it on mic yet. But months ago, I want to say like back in December, Lukey Moore of the Football Ramble, he was was giving his buddy Jim, also of the Football Ramble, who is an Arsenal fan, a hard time, and saying that he crunched the numbers and he predicts that Arsenal's going to lose it on the last day. That's why I would like to do constant mental health check-ins with Alex to see where he's at. Tell you what, Lukey, you better not come tour America again if they're right. If you're right, if Lukey's right, we can. If this is Morstradamus coming to get me, I'm going to be furious with you, Lukey. (laughs) Furious. We have that video of him taking Malort shots in Chicago. We can. We'll release the tape. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think that'll just about do it for episode twenty. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, y'all. Thanks for being with us for twenty episodes now. Yeah. We're getting through it. The places go to Spotify, go to Apple, follow, uh, rate, review, and like, subscribe, and tell people about the podcast. Share. Um, word of mouth is still the best thing. Yeah, share with your friends. Right Do, on. Make them listen to at least one episode. Yes, not episode nineteen because that one sounded bad for some reason. Yeah, it was a weird one. But from here on out, it's going to be nothing but excellence. Yes. So thanks, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Later. Soccer? Soccer. 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 Situation. Situation.